Good morning. Welcome to worship this morning. Following our time together, we will have a brief fellowship hour downstairs. I hope you will join us. Um, And following that is our September session meeting. I think those are all of... Are there any other announcements that anyone has to share this morning? Let us turn our hearts and our minds to worship. Please stand as we call one another to worship. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. Deliver us and forgive our sins for your name's sake. Let us worship God together, singing hymn 397. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sin, God, who is faithful and just, washes us clean. With one heart and voice, let us pray. Creator of the universe, we come trembling before you, for we have hoarded and bartered what has never been ours in the hope of securing our future. We have yearned for wealth more than we have yearned for you. We have squandered your trust and grieved your heart with our betrayal. Help us, O God of our salvation, for the glory of your name. Deliver us and forgive our sins for your name's sake.
Beloved of God, the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. Nothing you have done and nothing you will ever do is able to separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Here is the good news. In the name of Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks Thanks be to God. As those who have peace with God, we share signs of peace and with one another with these words. The peace of the Lord be with you. Please pass the peace with those you are worshiping near. we come to hear God's word, let us pray. God of life, by the power of your spirit, come to us now. Plow our hearts with your living word until we who are broken become fertile with your love. Lord, we long to bear fruit in a world that is wasting away. We pray in the name of Jesus, whose charge we bear. Amen. Our first scripture lesson this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 16, verses 1 through 14. Then Jesus said to the disciples, There was a rich man who had a manager, and charges were brought to him that this man was squandering his property. So he summoned him and said to him, What is this that I hear about you? Give me an accounting of your management, because you cannot be my manager any longer. Then the manager said to himself, What will I do now that my master is taking the position away from me? I am not strong enough to dig, and I am ashamed to beg. I have decided what to do so that that when I am dismissed as manager, people may welcome me into their homes. So summoning his master's debtors one by one, he asked the first, How much do you owe my master? He answered, a hundred jugs of olive oil. He said to him, take your bill, sit down quickly, and make it fifty. Then he asked another, and how much do you owe? He replied, a hundred containers of wheat. And he said to him, take your bill and make it eighty. And his master commanded the dishonest manager, 
commended the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly, for the children of this age were more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than are the children of light. And I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of dishonest wealth, so that when it is gone, they may welcome you into the eternal homes. Whoever is faithful in a very little is faithful also in much, and whoever is dishonest in a very little is dishonest also in much. If then you have not been faithful with the dishonest wealth, who will entrust you to the true riches? And if you have not been faithful with what belongs to another, who will give you what is your own? No slave can serve two masters, for a slave will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. The Pharisees, who were lovers of money, heard all this, and they ridiculed him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second scripture lesson comes from the prophet Jeremiah, chapter 8, verse 18, through chapter 9, verse 1. Hear now the word of the Lord. My joy is gone. Grief is upon me. My heart is sick. Listen. The cry of the daughter of my people from far and wide in the land. Is the Lord not in Zion? Is her king not in her? Why have they provoked me to anger with their images, with their foreign idols? The harvest is past, the summer is ended, and we are not saved. For the brokenness of the daughter of my people, I am broken. I mourn, and horror has seized me. Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then has the health of the daughter of my people not been restored? Oh, that my head were a spring of water, and my eyes a fountain of tears so that I might weep day and night for the slain of the daughter of my people. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This week, I've been talking with people about why it is that they come to church. I'm asking for different reasons, but the main one is that I want to explore what it will be like when this church is no longer here in this way. What will each person be missing? What will they be looking for next? Now, there are many answers, because we all come for different reasons. But all of us share one thing in common. People come to church expecting to feel different, to feel better when they leave than when they arrived. That's why we do any number of things. We go to church because it makes us feel good, 
It makes us feel better than before. We meet a friend to talk because we know that we will feel better afterwards. We join a Bible study and we make an effort to be there as often as we can, even when we're tired, even when the day gets busier than we had anticipated, because we know that we will feel better when the day is through if we were there. It's why we go to the doctor. It's why we go to physical therapy, because we know it will help and we will feel better when we leave. We take our vitamins, we get outside, all of it, all of it, because it matters and it makes a difference if we do. But now we've been reading the prophets together. Specifically, this is our third week reading Jeremiah together, along with some difficult gospel readings from Luke. And I wouldn't say that the task of the prophet Jeremiah, or of the Bible in general, seems to be to help us feel better. Jeremiah is God's prophet. So this means that he is close to God. And these words of Jeremiah's are arresting. Oh, that my head were a spring of water and my eyes a fountain of tears, so that I might weep day and night for the slain of the daughter of my people. When we come into this space on a Sunday, we've usually all tried to put ourselves together a bit. Sometimes we're more successful than others. Some mornings I realize as I'm getting in my car that I still have flip-flops or slippers on and run inside to change them. And I know that if I actually were to come wearing that, you wouldn't say anything. Maybe you would comment, but you wouldn't be ugly about it. That's not who you are. But that's not how most of us want to show up for corporate worship. All of us want to show up as our best selves but still, behind our shoes, behind our brushed hair, behind our smiles and our hugs, there is always more. Now, I don't mean that we are hiding anything, but sometimes we do try not to show the whole story. We try to put our best foot forward. We try to put on a brave face, whatever it is you want to call it. But some come battling depression. It is hard to get here. Some days, you would truly rather not get out of bed. What is the point? Some come to worship angry with their partner. There is distance and resentment, and you can't find a way to heal it. Or maybe you don't even really want to anymore. Some come worried about their health, or the health of a loved one, and the lack of any good answers from a doctor. They wouldn't wish what they're experiencing on anyone else, but why are they alone in this pain? So many of us come wondering what is next and grieving the changes ahead. You are not alone. If at night you go through the possible options in your mind while you wish you were sleeping, this wasn't the way it was supposed to go. Sometimes in worship, a tear escapes. Outside of these walls and outside of our homes, there is still more to grieve. 
There is a war in Ukraine. This week was the first U.S. death associated with monkeypox. Asheville saw its 31st murder of 2022 this week. A governor sent migrants on a plane to be used as political chips to cash in. The number of homeless folks and addicted folks in our community only seems to grow. The questions just get harder. Living in this city gets more complicated, not easier, and people we love are suffering. In so many weeks, we do show up to worship to get our batteries charged, as they say, to feel better hoping that in the words of a song that we sing, or ever so often in the words of a sermon, maybe in a quiet space, you know those moments in worship when your mind begins to wander, in those moments when you are suddenly able to connect with God and you are able to notice God connecting with you. Those moments, the ones where we put our heads down for a minute, we open our hands, we close our eyes. Sometimes that's really what does it. That moment when you close your eyes, you're doing okay, you're aware that others can see you, but that moment when you close your eyes and you know that your pew neighbor has also closed their eyes, you are there and it is quiet and just for a minute, suddenly, the tears are activated. Sometimes you stop them, and sometimes you can't really control them. And we all like to make excuses. I'm just really tired. I'm just feeling a lot of things right now. I didn't sleep very well last night, or there are the better ones. I have allergies. There's, there's something stuck in my eye. I don't, I don't know what it is. And finally, I just don't know what's going on with me today. When I moved from central New Jersey to western North Carolina in 2015, after our family had moved out of the manse that we lived in, but in order to time our arrival in Asheville with the moving truck, we stayed for a little while with family. On the morning when we were leaving their home to drive here, we gathered all our things, we packed up the car, and I walked through the house to be sure that we hadn't left anything behind. And I remember as I walked down the stairs, I started crying and I couldn't stop. No one had died. We were still all planning to see each other regularly. I was actually really expectant for what this next season of life would look like. But this move was the end of an era. The end of living close to family with young children, living in the state that I had grown up in. Well, as you can imagine, my crying prompted everyone else to cry too. So my mom, my dad, my brother, my husband, all of us were crying. This, obviously, made the kids start crying too. All but one of them. 
We hugged and we laughed about how funny it was that we were all just weeping while we got into the car. And then we silently backed our loaded minivan down my parents' driveway. And that one stoic kid said from the back seat, my eyes are wet. I think I'm sad too. Whether we blame allergies, lack of sleep, an eyelash in the eye, the medication we're taking, or just plain old wet eyes, the truth is this. We are sad, and what we're experiencing is called grief. This passage in Jeremiah feels as old as time and as new as this morning. Jeremiah, he's known as the weeping prophet, he grieves, and God grieves too. It's unclear in parts of Jeremiah to know who it is that is speaking and grieving. Is it the prophet or is it God? God grieves alongside us and for us and with us. God wants us to be remade, we learned last week. God wants something different for us. And so, in the midst of his grief, when Jeremiah asks the question, is there no balm in Gilead? We can relate. Is there no healing to be found? Is there no fix for this grief? Is there no physician here? The balm, literally a healing salve, it turns out, is not in Israel. It's in Gilead. It's outside the expected boundary. It's interesting, I think, to hear this as people who believe that, for the most part, we can fix almost anything ourselves. We are able. We can check out our symptoms with Dr. Google, and then actually, if we want to, we could tell our doctor what we need to be diagnosed with. If we try hard enough, if we devote enough energy, we can fix anything. That is until we can't. And we've all gotten to different places in our lives when we realize that we can't. And that whole theory just kind of blows up in a mess. So the thing about the balm, the healing, is that it isn't at home. It isn't in the normal places and patterns that we go. It is outside of ourselves. In fact, it is all the way over there, or there, or there. God says this, Actually, you don't have it in you. You don't have the power. You can't just work harder to make it happen. We know that this is true. We know when we look around, when we look inside ourselves, the problem is sometimes just too big or too broad to heal ourselves. The healing is over there, outside of yourself. The healing is from Gilead. 
Gilead is the place to find the tree that makes a healing balm to cure the sin-sick soul, as the hymn goes, to make the wounded whole. We go here and there and everywhere to feel better, to find healing. But in the Gospel of John, Jesus says, I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Is there a balm in Gilead? The tragedies in our lives and in our world would surely convince even the greatest of optimists eventually that no, there is not. There is no balm to undo the pain, no healing to be found from the atrocities of war. There is no easy answer. That is why Jeremiah, close to God's heart, Jeremiah, ends with a cry and a wish for more ability to cry, for wetter eyes. Prophets, as we have surely seen this summer, speak truth to power. One commentator helpfully reminded me this week that prophets also speak truth to suffering and to weakness. And so the truth is this. There is indeed a balm in Gilead. There is a future with hope. There is a physician in God's creation's house. There is healing for the wounds of God's people. Jesus was crucified on a cross. It looked nothing like the beautiful crosses that we tend to have in our homes or in our churches. The cross was terrible. But from that terrible tree and that terrible day, God did something that changed everything, that healed everything. God made Jesus alive again. God took the most terrible thing and said, I love you. So just as that reason from the tree in Gilead brought healing, so did the death of Jesus on a tree-turned cross bring healing. Through the death and resurrection of Jesus, God breaks the relentless cycles of violence and pain. God patiently sends prophets again and again to turn us around and to set us on the path again because God loves you. We can experience that love. And it often begins with feeling sad, with letting tears fall, with wearing our slippers to church if we need to, weeping if that's what it takes. Because not one person in this room has it all together. 
All of us are sad, and that is exactly where God meets us and says, I am coming to you. Not to a place, or to a sanctuary, or to a family, or to a history, or to your best self, or anything that you can pull off on your own. I am coming to you, God says. You with your anger, you with your regret, you with your sadness, you. I have been waiting for you. And I don't know, but I think that when we have done that, when we have laid before God and been honest and real about the many, many things, we will leave feeling better than we did when we came. And that's not about this building or this place. It's not even about this fellowship. It's about the one who made you, who calls you by name, who loves you. God will not leave you as orphans. God will not abandon you. In the face of death, God brings healing because there is a balm in Gilead. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. invite you to stand as you are able as we sing hymn 394.
So remain standing. We will affirm our faith using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Let us come before God in prayer, bringing the concerns of the world and the concerns of our own hearts before God. Holy One, you are beyond our imagining. You are beyond our control and beyond our comfort. You will not be bound by our schemes. Even so, we maintain appearances and we make idols from our fears. But your ways are not our ways. You are not a God of tidy balance sheets or weekly appointments. Your love is too deep and your claim too pervasive. You are there when tempers fray and anger erupts. You are there when anxiety overwhelms and we withdraw. And Lord, you are here. In every bruised heart, every calloused hand, every tangled dream. Move among us now. Receive our broken spirits as the offerings we bring this day. Merciful God, breathe deeply into this room your reconciling love, your holy expectation. Allow us now to see the faces of those we have harmed and those we have kept at a distance. Work in us, Lord, until our hearts are softened and we dare to seek our neighbor's good. Teach us to keep praying with our hands and our feet and our voices. We lift up to you now all that seems irreconcilable in our families, in our schools, in our jobs. All those things in our nation, in our church, in your world. 
We pray for those who are leaders in every sphere of life, for all those whose decisions weigh heavily on others. Even so, Lord, give us the courage to name ourselves as those whose responsibility is great. Teach us to tend the world you love, to sow more than we reap, to heal more than we wound, to make room for others as you have made room for us. We pray this morning with hearts that are both eager and reluctant, trusting that you will meet us and call to us just where we are. We gather up all of our prayers into the one prayer Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. God longs for us to bring everything that we are, everything that we have, to this relationship. God loves us that much. So may the offerings that we bring this day be signs of our reciprocal desire. With grateful hearts, let us bring our tithes and offerings to the God from whom they came. Gracious God, source of our daily bread, you feed us with your love and equip us to share in your purpose. Receive the offerings of our wounded spirits, our guarded purses, our meager strength, and continue to expand our hearts until we are able to live with the boldness and the joy of Easter morning. We pray in the name of your Son, Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Please remain standing as we sing hymn 428. and brothers in Christ, as you go from this place today, know that you are held by a love that looks like this. The Creator who made you still claims you in love. The Redeemer who died for your sake is alive. The Sustainer of all creation still this day breathes courage into your heart. Go now to serve boldly, and may the blessing of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit go with you and rest upon you this day and forevermore. Amen. Amen.